Welcome to the Fern Podcast, As the Season Turns. Released on the first of the month, each episode will be following the changing landscape of the seasons, from the moon and the stars to the tides and the trees. I'm Leah Landers, author of The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide, and this podcast is created by Fern, makers of small-batch organic perfume who blend, barrel-age and bottle four fragrances a year, released at the equinoxes and solstices. We hope that this brief guide to the month ahead will awaken you to the rhythms of the year and help you to settle deeper into the seasons. Home in August takes on a deliciously doldrums-like quality. If you're able to take time off, then days spill into each other in a haze of nothing much. Maybe an afternoon visit to Elida with the papers one day, a dusk potter in the garden with a frosted glass of wine the next. If you're at work in August, then the most basic task feels like wading through treacle, with every other email met instantly by an out-of-office reply that whispers, I am elsewhere, lying in dappled shade with a book gasping as a cold, sun-sparkling wave crashes over me. Your sales figures will wait. There is a suspension of activity and expectation in August, and it is good to see how little we can get away with. We have worked hard, and now we can reap some time. But into the space that August leaves, we do pour fun. Holidays by the sea, barbecues with people we mean to spend more time with but never do. Festivals, carnivals and day trips. There is another kind of reaping to be done too, as all of the produce of the vegetable patch, the cut flower garden and the hedgerows start to ripen at once. In the countryside there is a sense of summer waning. The colours are turning slowly away from green towards golden, and in hot weather the grasses start to look parched and tired. A switch has been thrown. Growth is no longer the goal. It is all about ripening now. All of this is a sign that these languid days will not last forever. Enjoy your August. You've worked hard for it. The Oak Tree in August Moving into August, my oak tree's leaves are dark and lush. Heavy rains rinse them free of summer dust. They soak up the sun, enjoying these final weeks of summer. Acorns are beginning to glow at the tips of the branches, getting ready to fall. By the end of the month, the tree's lush leaves may begin to take on more autumnal hues. Back in the spring, the oak tree's leaves were lime green, almost yellow. Now they are a peaceful, deep green. This more sombre appearance is a response to the abundance of life that lives in and around the oak, which supports its own remarkable ecosystem of insects, birds and fungi. One beautiful species to look out for in an oak wood at this time is the silver-washed fritillary, a large orange butterfly with a powerful flight that flits between the tree's branches and the forest floor, where it feeds on flowering bramble. Less benign are the insects that have been happily munching away at the oak tree's leaves, whose numbers have only increased through the hot months. To put them off, 
The tree builds up bitter-tasting tannins in its leaves, which also make the leaves turn darker green. Through adaptations such as these, our oak coexists with the creatures that make their homes in its branches. Bird of the Month, Gull Of the many gulls that you may see during a trip to the seaside, by far the most likely is the herring gull. It is so ubiquitous that for many of us its cries and calls provide the backdrop to our summer holidays. Atmospheric from afar, a proper pain on your chalet roof at 6am. The herring gull is large and confident and can be an aggressive scavenger. Watch your pasty if you're eating on the beach. The adult bird has a white head and breast and a grey back and wings with black wingtips. It has a yellow beak and pink legs and feet. In winter, it can develop dark streaks on its head. The black-headed gull is a sociable, noisy bird. And though plentiful on the coasts, it is also the most common inland gull. You are as likely to see it on salt marshes, reservoirs and freshly ploughed farmland as you are on the coast. Despite its name, its head only turns dark in summer, and even then it is chocolate brown rather than black. In winter, it is almost white all over, except for its black wingtips. Black-headed gulls gather in small flocks and will often roost and feed together in larger groups. This gull's call is said to sound a little like laughter. Also in the gull family, the kittiwake is only really seen at the coast. However, at any cliff colony of seabirds, it is likely to be the most numerous species. Thousands of pairs of kittiwakes balance on their precarious nests made on tiny ledges high above the foaming sea, creating a riot of noise. Unlike many gulls, it does not scrounge on dumps or beaches and instead always feeds at sea. It has a rounded head, large black eyes and a small beak compared with the other gulls, giving it a much gentler look. Its head and breast are pure white, it's back grey and its wingtips black, and it has black legs. Inside the beehive in August. Come August, there are suddenly fewer flowers, and the foraging is leaner. The height of summer has passed, and plants have moved into a new phase. They have been pollinated, and their own task now is fruiting and setting seed, rather than flowering. The bees continue to work the gardens and hedgerows anyway, to keep nectar and pollen flowing into the hive, albeit far less bountifully than last month. Moorland areas are the exception, as heather starts to flower now, producing a very distinctive honey, dark reddish-amber in colour and strong, tangy and woody in flavour. Summer honey is taken this month. The supers, boxes of frames to be filled with honeycomb, are removed, the wax cappings sliced off the honeycomb with a hot knife to reveal the liquid honey within, and the comb spun in an extractor to pull out the honey and decant it into golden jars. In season this month, in the hedgerows, woods and fields, cleavers, hairy bittercress, hedge garlic, Lemon balm, marjoram, spearmint, sweet sicily, 
watercress, watermint, wild thyme, wild fennel. Broom, borage, chamomile, honeysuckle, marigold, meadowsweet, nasturtium and their seeds, red clover, wild rose, cherry plum, wild strawberries, bilberries, blackberries, rose hips, rowan berries, wild gooseberry, cobnuts. From the seashore and rivers, black bream, brown crab, herring, lobster, mackerel, sea trout, turbot, plaice, sardines, megram sole, squid, salmon, samphire, sea buckthorn. From the kitchen garden, sweet corn, tomatoes, aubergines, French beans, runner beans, calabrese, fennel, courgettes, leeks, radishes, globe artichokes, beetroot, cabbages, carrots, cauliflower, chard, cucumber, endive, garlic, lettuce, shallots, onions, spring onions, sweet peppers, chilli peppers, peas, potatoes, wild rocket, spinach, turnips, plums, apples, pears, blackcurrants, blueberries, loganberries, melons, raspberries, redcurrants, strawberries, cherries, marjoram, thyme, dill, basil, mint, oregano. Lou and the Harvest Lou was a god of ancient Ireland and a member of the Tua de Danann, the race of bold and brave gods that ruled over pre-Christian Ireland. His festival, Lunasa, falls on the 1st of August, roughly halfway between the summer solstice and the autumn equinox. Until well into the 20th century, it was widely observed throughout Ireland, Scotland and the Isle of Man as one of the seasonal Gaelic festivals, and may have been even more widespread. It has equivalents in the Welsh festival of Gwil Aust and the English Lammas. Tall, beautiful and multi-skilled, Lou was closely associated with the month of August and with agriculture and the harvest. He has been adopted by modern pagans as a sun god, but the old myths show a stronger connection to grain and to farming. He defeated the cruel god Brez in battle, and in return for sparing his life, forced Brez to teach the Tour de Danan the skills of agriculture. Lunasa has traditionally marked the beginning of the harvest season, the ceremonial cutting of the first sheaf of corn, an offering of the first fruits, bilberries and blackberries, Feasting and athletic contests and the climbing of hills are all part of its traditions. Jobs in the flower garden. So hardy annuals such as cornflower, calendula, amimagus, lovinamist, corn poppy and larkspur towards the end of the month. This will give them time to germinate and grow a little before the winter cold stops them. They then have the winter to develop their root systems and will be ready to grow in leaps and bounds next spring. You will get far earlier flowers by starting now. Take cuttings of pelargoniums to overwinter in a greenhouse or indoors. The bottom of each cutting should be just under a leaf node, a bump in the stem, and the top just above one. Remove any flower buds, push the bottom into a pot of compost, and keep on your windowsill. Give wisteria a bit of a haircut. It doesn't have to be too exact at this time of year, just a general shearing back to prevent it from getting out of hand and to encourage it to concentrate its energies on forming flower buds rather than more green growth. 
You can also do a more precise prune in winter, cutting back to two or three buds worth of growth. But if the summer pruning is all you can manage, then it will do. Names for August's full moon. Grain moon. Lynx moon. Spend time in the countryside this month and it is easy to see why the name Grain Moon was once used for August's full moon, which falls on the 12th. This is the moment that fields of wheat are ripening to soft gold, with warm breezes rippling them in the moonlight. Harvest time has begun. The name Lynx Moon has not stood the test of time in the same way, namely because lynxes were driven out of Britain 1,300 years ago. It is a bit of a mystery as to why lynxes might have been so noticeable this month to warrant calling the moon after them. However, they do hunt at night, and August might have been a time when there were more of them around, as the cubs born in spring grew large enough to hunt. A more likely explanation might be that the word lynx is derived from the Middle English word luke, meaning light or brightness, given to lynxes because of their pale yellow reflective eyes. Lynx might therefore have been a reference to the brightness of the moon itself, rather than because of the presence of this very shy animal. The sky at night. As well as the prolific Perseids meteor shower, which peaks on the 12th to the 13th, we have Saturn at opposition this month, on the 13th to the 14th. This means that it is in the opposite part of our sky from the Sun, creating a full Saturn in the same way that we see a full Moon when the Moon and Sun are either side of us. It will be well placed for evening viewing and its rings will be presented at a good angle so that if you have a small telescope or even a good pair of binoculars you should be able to see them. There will be a conjunction of Jupiter and the waning Moon on the 14th to the 15th. They will rise together at around 10pm in the east and be visible until lost in the dawn. Look out also for the first appearance of Sirius the dog star, the brightest star in the sky, which will appear in the dawn around the third week of August. The Great Rift We are in Milky Way season. The main impression when looking at the Milky Way is of a great river of stars processing through the heavens. But it is not all stars. Here and there are dark patches. These are dark nebulae, also known as absorption nebulae. The largest of them is the Great Rift, which cuts a path along the line of Cygnus the Swan. The absence of stars here is actually caused by a series of dense, overlapping dust clouds, the particles of which are smaller than those of cigarette smoke, but which are so vast and layered that they block out the light of thousands of stars. Any that you see within those dark spaces are simply closer to us than the dust clouds are. Moonless nights from midsummer to September offer the best chance to view the Great Rift. Through August it will be at its highest point at around midnight. It will continue to be prominent into September. During the course of August, day length decreases by 2 hours and 18 minutes to 16 hours and 24 minutes in Inverness 
and by 1 hour and 47 minutes to 13 hours and 35 minutes in Padstow. Average sea temperatures this month. Orkney, 13.2 degrees Celsius. Penzance, 16.9 degrees Celsius. A ritual for August. Our ritual for August is an acknowledgement of the coming harvest, which for thousands of years has brought people together in celebration of nature's bounty. It also gives you time to consider the months ahead as we move into the final third of the year. This ritual can be performed at any time, but I think it's a good one to do towards the end of the month, as we begin to feel that autumn might be just around the corner. First things first, find a recipe to make bread. I suggest a simple soda bread as a starting point, but it can be as complicated or as easy as you like, and of course should fit with any dietary requirements you may have. You could also make a loaf cake if you have a sweeter tooth. The main thing is to choose to make something you want to eat and that feels to you like a harvest recipe. As you gather your ingredients, begin to gather your thoughts. How has this year been so far? How would you like it to progress? Perhaps you need a reset. Perhaps you are feeling energised for the months ahead and are keen to harness that feeling. Take a little time too to consider where your ingredients have come from and to give thanks to the people and places that have made it possible for you to make your harvest bread. As it rises and bakes and scents your home, think about all that you have achieved this year. Be generous with yourself. Allow no self-criticism. Just the good stuff. Finally, sit down with someone special if you like. As you cut or tear it, as you taste it, enjoy the flavour and give yourself a pat on the back for work well done. This month in Fern's Somerset studio, the team is taking a little time to relax and enjoy the season. The harvest coming in, the evenings long and hot, fruit ripening in Somerset's orchards and hedgerows. But though they are revelling in summer and the summer 22 fragrance, they are also sowing the seeds for next season, autumn 22, which will be released on the autumn equinox. The very first bottles of autumn 22 have just been decanted. The fragrance reflects the scent of a misted herb garden at dawn on the cusp between summer and autumn, the first chill just sharpening the air. Citrus and herbal notes of grapefruit, alemi, bay and lavender are underscored by a smoky trace of black tea. The team have also been working on their own tea blend and Ledger members can expect an exciting gift with their bottles of perfume. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please do like and subscribe. All episodes are released on the first of each month. You can read more about the year ahead in my book, The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide to 2022, also available as an audiobook. This podcast has been created by Fern. Fern is an organic fragrance maker based in Somerset. Working with the rhythms of the seasons, 
They blend, barrel age and bottle four fragrances a year. Each fragrance is made to order for the names on the Fern Production Ledger. To join the ledger and find out more, visit www.fern.co.